0: Green is good, red is bad. My followers get $20 off their first ticket purchase using my code InjuredListPod. Click on the link in the show notes and browse for your favorite events. Your next big night ever is waiting, and they have the tickets. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of The Injured List. I'm your host, Brian Scott, and no, I know what you're thinking. I am not Irish, even though St. Patty's Day is right around the corner. In fact, it's today, March 17th, 2021. I hope you are all celebrating at some point in time throughout the day here, drinking your green beer, wearing your green-colored garb, but I'm actually 100% Italian. And where my parents got the name Brian Scott from, I couldn't tell you. But we've got documents backing it up. We're from Italy originally, came over to the United States, and, well, the rest is history, I guess. But I am not Irish. But you know what? On St. Patty's Day, everybody's Irish. So I encourage you to celebrate and enjoy the day with your friends and your family. As we wind down from COVID, people are getting vaccinated. Kids are going back to school. It's, it's starting to actually look like it's getting back to normal. I couldn't be more excited. I hope you are, too. And thanks for joining us. We're going to take a quick word from our sponsors, and when we get back, we are going to go through some sports medicine terminology, and we're going to kind of dispel some of the common misconceptions and myths regarding some of the words that we're going to talk about and some of the injuries that we've discussed on the previous episodes. So sit tight. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors.
1: Hey, this is Sean Colas with the Percantile and Creamery. We are the premier coffee, ice cream, and dessert bar in the Charlotte metro area. We're thrilling people with our amazing interior design, our incredible customer service, and the quality of our offerings. We have a beautifully designed 1920s mercantile-themed monochromatic throwback where people feel excited by their surroundings and blown away by their treats. We're great for business meetings, families, couples, and you. Ask about our room rentals for meetings, events, or parties. We're nestled next to the Concord Mills Mall behind Verizon and in the same building as McAllister's in Concord, North Carolina. Hey, if you're in the area and you're listening to this right now, get in your car, drive over to the Perkantile, mention that you heard us on Brian Scott's amazing injureless podcast 2020, and receive 25% off your purchase.
0: Hey guys, are you looking to avoid injury when it comes to your finances? Talk to a professional who can help. Whether you are looking to get your financial house in order or simply looking for that second opinion, visit TrustTreeFinancial.com and schedule your free virtual consultation. Once again, that's TrustTreeFinancial.com. The Injured List Podcast is proudly sponsored by TransitioningVeteran.com. Founded in 2008 by a former enlisted armed service member, Transitioning Veteran provides free information and resources to help guide past, future, and present service members through the transition process from active service to civilian life. This free website provides links, articles, and general information about the services available to members of the armed forces and their dependents. It can be a daunting task searching for pertinent information in today's technological age transitioningveteran.com hopes to provide a centralized location for the many resources that are available to military veterans. From education benefits, employment opportunities, to medical benefits for both military members and their families, make transitioningveteran.com your go-to resource. On behalf of the Injured List podcast, we thank you for your service, and through our partnership with transitioningveteran.com, we hope to give back to the military community. everybody, welcome back. Your host Brian Scott here with you once again and today we're going to talk about some sports medicine terminology and going to kind of uh, simplify everything for you guys, uh, dispel some common misconceptions and myths about some of the topics we discussed in the past. So let's get started and I'm just going going to go through this real quick because, well let's face it, you've heard it all before if you've listened to previous episodes, so I don't want to bore you with the same old dribble. You may have heard some terms thrown around, and maybe you still don't have a good grasp or understanding of what we're talking about. So I want to go through it and just kind of make it simplified for you so that you can understand it a little better. And that way, when you hear it going forward in some future episodes, you won't be so lost if you were the first time around. So we're going to start at the head. We're going to kind of work our way down. Now, you may hear us talk a lot about head injuries and, in particular, concussions. Now, it's been a big thing in the recent years. When I was an athletic trainer back in the early 2000s, it was really starting to come on board as to the seriousness of concussions and with the long-term effects. Now, you know, fast forward about 20 years later, and now you hear terms like CTE, which stands for Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy, which has been linked to a lot of former NFL players who've committed suicide or had some type of uh, psychosocial or mental issues uh, as they've gotten past their careers. Or even some guys like Aaron Hernandez... Who may have been dealing with this during their playing careers. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of research, a lot of literature out there examining concussions and its effect on the psyche of players, both past and present, and it's an ongoing and developing thing. CTE is still fairly new. There's a lot of research out there being done because there's a lot of things they don't know about it. Now, when you hear the word concussion, people now are automatically assuming that we are talking about CTE. But that's not necessarily the case cte is a result of many traumatic type of concussions it's a cu- accumulation of concussions over a course of time it's not necessarily describing one concussion or one event that leads to a concussion it's the culmination of many different uh, episodes of concussive injuries So uh, a lot of people confuse those two terminologies and assimilate them as one. A concussion is a, a specific event that leads to an injury of the brain. And a concussion, it's basically some type of force that causes the brain to shift within the cranium, which concusses it or injures it to some degree. And that can be something as simple and mild as, quote unquote, having your bell rung or... You know, being in a "quote unquote" daze, or you know, getting smacked around "quote unquote." There's a lot of different slang terms that athletes and fans will use to kind of describe injuries that are sort of the type of mechanism associated with concussions, but they're all the same. It's all involves some type of head trauma that causes the brain to some to some degree shift within the skull, causing some degree of injury. It could be something as simple as just having a simple headache, or it could be a, something as serious as prolonged period of loss of consciousness with disorientation and some type of retrograde amnesia where you basically forget the events leading up to that. There could be some antegrade—I'm uh, sorry grade amnesia or some retrograde amnesia where you lose some memory uh, following the event. So there's a very large array of uh, severity associated with concussion-type injuries, and it's A topic that one day I hope to get into more in more detail, but it's a big topic and it's not something that I typically deal with now. There's a lot of specialists who focus primarily on sports related concussions and I'm going to leave it to them. But if you guys have questions about it, I'll be happy to answer as much as I can. Just remember going forward when I talk about these terms, unless I'm specifically mentioning CTE, I'm really just talking about concussions. They are separate, separate things. All right, we're going to keep moving down. We're going to go to the shoulder. And, you know, the shoulder is one of those joints that has a tremendous amount of motion. As a result, there's a fine balance between motion and stability. People can have uh, very unstable shoulders, which can predispose them to injuries such as dislocations. Dislocation is a term to describe the actual dislocation of a joint where the joint actually pops out of place in the shoulder it's a matter of the, the shoulder popping out of the shoulder socket the hip is also a ball and socket joint these are very commonly associated with injuries in football because of the nature of the sport where there's a lot of tackling and hitting although these type of injuries can happen in any sport Bo Jackson being probably the most famous type of hip dislocation which also led to a fracture to a Tonga Viola recently sustained a hip dislocation so it, it does happen. It's not very common. It's, it's a high type of traumatic injury. Now, shoulder dislocations, conversely, don't always take a lot of trauma. Sometimes it can even happen with no direct trauma at all. Michael Conforto of the New York Mets actually dislocated his shoulder joint when he was swinging a baseball bat. He missed and swung on a strike. So it, if there is any type of predisposing instability in the shoulder joint, it can make it prone to dislocating. When we're talking about the shoulder joint, we're And we talk about this location, we're typically talking about the glenohumeral joint. This is the joint where the upper part of your arm, your humerus, attaches to the shoulder girdle, your scapula. It's where it's where the motion of throwing overhand occurs, it's where the motion of tennis serving occurs, it's where the motions associated with the overhand or breaststroke in swimming, or the freestyle stroke. So It's an important joint in athletics, especially any of the athletics that involves upper extremity movements. There is a tremendous amount of velocity that can be generated in this joint. Sometimes it comes at the sacrifice of stability. And so it's a fine balance between the two. But it can also, you know, in in athletes like Noah Syndergaard and DeGrom, these guys can throw a baseball at super high velocity and their arms are traveling Sometimes in thousands of degrees per second, enabled to make that happen. So it's it's amazing amount of force that can be generated at, a, at the shoulder joint, which is not one of the strongest joints in the, in the body, but it is some, somewhat susceptible to injury. Some other injuries in the shoulder that are very common, especially with football, as you'll see what or hear about a, a shoulder separation. This is not the same as a dislocation, and that's very commonly confused separation typically occurs at the ac joint or where the clavicle your collarbone attaches to the acromion which is a portion of the shoulder scapula and this is an, another joint that kind of makes up the shoulder girdle this is typically more associated with a direct contact type injury so someone going to make a tackle the, they hit them using their shoulder to kind of lean into the hit and basically what this is is a ligament injury where the ligament gets disrupted that holds these bones together And you end up developing a bump or a raised clavicle, which looks like a bump on the outside. And that's basically a shoulder separation. And you hear about that all the time. Another term to refer to this is what's called an AC joint sprain. The AC sprain is the acromial clavicular joint. It's where the acromium and the clavicle meet up. So it's that that articulation where the separation occurs. And that's usually injury, injury to ligaments. So when you hear sprain, think ligaments when you hear dislocation think uh ligaments think shoulder joint glenohumeral joint think not necessarily it's not a sprain because the joint has actually popped out of the joint and so the ligaments are either torn most of the time they're torn or severely stretched sprain is injury to the ligaments to some degree but the joint doesn't necessarily have to be dislocated for that to happen so a little bit of a kind of muttering of the terms and stuff, but that's basically the gist of it. Now, another big shoulder injury or terminologies that you might hear are the rotator cuff, and you hear this a lot with baseball pitching. You hear about labrums. You hear about guys who have to have shoulder surgery in baseball, and this is typically related to either the labrum or the rotator cuff. The rotator cuff is just a group of muscles that basically form a cuff around the upper part of your arm where it articulates with the glenohumeral joint or the shoulder. And this is where these muscles are really important for throwing because these are the muscles responsible for it. They help rotate the arm. They help slow the arm down after you release the ball. And so these these muscles are not very big, but they are actually quite strong. But they're also very prone to injury with repetitive type of high-velocity movements like baseball throwing. Now, the labrum is the ring of cartilage that sits inside the socket of your shoulder And that's responsible for providing some stability of your shoulder joint as it moves within the socket. So this is also susceptible to tearing with high speed or high velocity movements like baseball pitching. But it's also can be injured with dislocation of the shoulder. So these things are all kind of interconnected to some degree. A lot of times you might hear the terms getting thrown around together, but they are often talking about very specific or very different injuries so don't confuse them and if you have questions just ask moving on down uh, we're talking about elbow one of the big elbow injuries or the big elbow stories you hear a lot about in the press today is Tommy John surgery this is a surgery that involves reconstructing ligaments in the elbow most specifically or more specifically the ulnar collateral ligament which is a ligament on the inside portion of your elbow so if you're looking at your elbow with your palm up It's going to be the ligaments that are on the inside part of your elbow, closest to your torso. And this ligament has three bands that help make it up. And it's really important uh, for stability of the elbow joint as you're throwing a baseball. And as you're accelerating the arm forward to release the pitch, there's a tremendous amount of force being applied at this particular joint and on this particular ligament. And so injury to this ligament over time and repetitive type of high-velocity movements like baseball pitches cause this ligament to basically tear to some degree and or possibly fail or rupture. And so the Tommy John surgery basically reconstructs that. And it's a very common to hear that uh, so-and-so has a baseball injury and they're going for Tommy John surgery. And when you hear that, that's the ligament that they're going to reconstruct. And it takes a long time for these ligaments to heal because they're usually reconstructing them with something else, not the native ligament, because that is usually torn to a degree where it cannot be repaired. It has to be replaced. And when they replace it, they usually use some type of graft, whether it be a tendon from a cadaver, somebody who donated their tissue for medical use, or uh, some type of synthetic, which is not very common these days, but back in the day it was. So that's why it takes so long for them to recover from this, and it takes so long for pitchers to get back in the mound and start throwing. It's a very long recovery period. Everything has The body has to basically accept the new reconstructed ligament and heal it into place before you can start really stressing it. Now, a lot of times you'll hear the hand ref- with injuries, especially in boxing or MMA, where guys are doing a lot of punching. You'll also see a lot of baseball pitcher, uh, batters who get hit by pitches sustain some injuries to the um, hand as well. Drew Brees had injuries to his thumb this, uh, a couple of years ago, had to have surgery. I think he might have actually even did it this past season. Well, you hear about that a lot with quarterbacks in the NFL. A lot of times they'll throw a ball as they're following through. They'll hit somebody's helmet and they are injure their thumb. Well, don't forget, you have a lot of joints in your hand where all your fingers bend. You hear, You have a lot of tendons to help move the muscles that move your hand. You have a lot of ligaments between the bones that help stabilize the bones of the hand. And so, there's a lot of different injuries that can occur in the hand, to the fingers, to the, the bones in the hand, to the wrist, uh, and it's all kind of interconnected. There's a not you don't hear too much about those because a lot of times guys can kind of play through it depending on their position, and depending on the sport. And a lot of those injuries don't necessarily require surgery. Although uh, Drew Brees was one example who did have some reconstructive surgery of the thumb, and that was a ligament type of reconstruction for the thumb, similar to what you, we talked about with the elbow. When you start getting into these body parts, a lot of these sports injuries in particular, you start seeing a lot of ligament type injuries, and that's probably the most common. Now, as we move down to the lower extremity and we cross the, the pelvis, uh, we talk a little bit about the hip. Some of the big injuries that you've seen over the years related to Bo Jackson and to a tongue of Viola, like I mentioned earlier, are usually hip type of injuries where you have hip fractures or hip dislocations. Those are not actually very common. What is more common, though, is hip labrum injuries where, uh, similar to the shoulder, your hip joint has a labrum. And that structure deepens the socket, provides stability, but it can also also get torn, similar to like the labrum in your shoulder. And so ho- hockey players actually sustain this one a lot. And oftentimes, that can be surgically repaired. Again, very technically ta- challenging surgery, and it takes a long time to recover, so they usually miss quite a bit of action, extended period of time to help recover, get back on the ice. Uh, you also see it a lot with soccer players. I would say those are probably the two big uh, athletes that usually undergo hip labrum repairs or surgeries. And uh, again, labrum the labrum is a piece of tissue that's different from cartilage. Uh, it's similar to cartilage in a sense that that's really what it is, but it's not a ligament, it's not a tendon. It's labrum, it's basically a cartilaginous ring that deepens a joint or provides stability to a joint. As we make our way down to the knee, this one is always reported in the news, and you hear a lot about it. Let's let's be honest, humans are bipedal, we walk on two feet, but you know the knees are not really well designed to do some of the things that we do, yet we're able to do it because our bodies adapt. Well, when the knee sustains injuries to some of the major ligaments you're just not going to be able to adapt and the only way to really get you back on the playing field usually requires some type of reconstructive surgery the more common reconstructive surgical ligaments in the knee are the acl and it stands for anterior cruciate ligament it's the front part of the knee where ligaments cross but this keep in mind this is deep inside the knee joint this is not a superficial ligament you can't feel it you can't see it it's inside the knee and it's the one of the primary stabilizers of stability in the knee joint so it's vital to stability of your knee which is basically just a hinge and if you don't have these ligaments functioning properly if they're injured your knee will be unstable it'll buckle give out on you and when that happens you're risking damage to the cartilage of the joint which is the thing that helps the joint glide nice and smooth and allows you to move the knee without pain, run and jump and do all the things you need to do in your athletic venue. So it's a, it's vital that your primary stabilizers like your collateral ligaments and your cruciate ligaments of the knee are healthy and not uh, injured if you're going to be out there playing sport. Some other uh, injuries in the past to the knee that you may ha- recall and I'm just going off the, the cuff here off the top of my head. Victor, Victor Cruz with the New York Giants years ago sustained a patellar tendon fracture and rupture caused him to miss like two years he was never quite the same after he came back and this is a tendon injury where the tendon that attaches to your the front part of your shin kind of runs up and blends into your kneecap and then blends into the quadricep muscle which is a big muscle that you see with the teardrop on the front part of your thigh and so this tendon is really important to provide uh, function for your knee, so you can straighten it, extend it. Explosive movements like jumping, running, changing direction, things like that. Jeremy Lin also had an injury to his patellar tendon a few years ago. Had to have it surgically repaired. He he it, he missed a lot of time from that, and it pretty much kind of put a dent in his NBA career. I think after that, he shortly after that, he ended up playing for a little bit in China. He's kind of making his way back to the NBA here. He's in the G League currently. But that's a tough one to bounce back from, no pun intended, especially if you're in the basketball where you're doing a lot of running and jumping because that tendon is really important for that. It's vital to be healthy in order to be able to run and jump and make explosive-type movements in basketball. As we come further down, we get to the foot and ankle. We've talked a lot about this in the past. If you remember, I did a whole episode on... Alex Smith's injury. The ESPN did a beautiful documentary about his recovery from his surgery and his near fatal infection, which caused sepsis. Well, it, it's a pretty complex joint, the ankle uh, and the foot. You know, you got to kind of lump them together. There's a lot of interconnecting parts, there's a lot of joints, there's a lot of ligaments, tendons, and muscles that act on it. And it's very commonly injured in sport. And all sports across the board, to be honest. And the reason for that is obvious. I mean, we participate on our feet. And a lot of the sports we do involve a lot of running, jumping, cutting, and changing direction. And all of those things can lead to ankle injuries. Ankle injuries can be as simple as just a sprain, which, again, involves ligaments being either torn or stretched to some degree, or fractures or broken bones which is the same thing you hear the term fractures it's the same as a broken bone and this can occur in many different bones in the ankle and foot each of varying degrees of severity and complexity and require varying degrees of treatment surgery and or It can get very complex. Um, There's a lot of little nuances to it, and not just the ankle, but all the joints and all the muscles and all the stuff across the body when it comes to sports injuries. I'm just giving you a broad overview of some of the terminology and some of the things we talked about before. So if you guys are interested in learning more or you want to know about a specific sports injury that you heard about or maybe you read about, just hit me up. Shoot me an email. Check out my website, www.theinjuredlist.com. You can reach out to me there. You can sign up, ask questions on a post or a thread. You can just check out my past episodes on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, you name it. I'm on all the major podcast platforms, and I implore you to check out some previous episodes where I give a little bit more detail on some of the more common sports injuries that we've encountered throughout the last year here. And I look forward to bringing you more information, and I look forward to getting a lot more interviews Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed some of the terminology. I know I went fast, but just kind of keep it brief and keep you interested and not take up too much of your time because, you know, I'm a full-time employee and I've got a life with family and kids, and I usually end up doing this on a late night from my office while the kids are sleeping, so I know how life goes. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned. We'll be back soon with some more episodes and more information. And don't forget, check me out every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. or every other Tuesday night now on 8 p.m. on the Devil's Advocate Sports Talk, live on Facebook with my good friend and host, Abe Delgado. As always, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay active
1: to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com.